Very good, very good. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. It's uh, 12 p.m. So a couple of things. Number one, this session will be recorded. Okay, so uh, you will automatically receive a replay. You registered, and so uh, that will be sent out to you automatically. And most of you, if you registered before a certain time yesterday, received an email from me um, asking you or encouraging you to do a little exercise. And it's an exercise to help you get clarity on who you are as a speaker, who you are right now, how you see yourself, and how others see you, how you think others see you. So we're going to put up a little poll. Myra's going to put up a poll just to find out how many of you were able to complete that exercise. So Myra, if you can post that poll for us. And some of you, again, if you registered later, you may not have received the email, but we'll send that out to you again. All right. So let me know if you uh, received it and completed it. Some of you, again, may not have received it, but we will get that to you uh, after the webinar sometime today. So I want to encourage you to do that. Okay. And so I'll just talk about that exercise for just a minute, and then we'll move right into the rest of the webinar. So the exercise is designed to help you get, gain clarity on how you see yourself right now as a speaker. So one of the questions is worded similar to that. How do you see yourself right now as a speaker? And then how do you think others see you as a speaker? That's another question. Okay. Then we go on to how you want to be seen as a speaker, right? How do you want other people to see you as a speaker? And how do you want to see yourself as a speaker? How would you like to see yourself as a speaker? So those are the four questions. If you haven't completed that, uh, I'll send you out a link for that, okay? So it looks like only one person here in attendance completed that exercise. Very, very important exercise. And You'll see why as we get started in this webinar. Okay. Great, great, great. All right. So today we're going to be talking about three steps. And there's actually one more bonus step, but three steps to help you uh, create a brand new confident speaking vision for yourself. Three steps that I want to give you to help you create uh, the brand new speaking you, but to help you create a vision for yourself and actually step into that vision. So I'm going to be giving you three steps plus one, three steps plus one. And these are going to be very, very simple steps, but very important and very powerful for you to follow. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to jump right into this, and then uh, at the end, I'll take some questions because I want to make sure that I get all the information in. Now, if you have questions, please feel free to go ahead and post those questions right here in the chat box, and uh, we'll try to go back and take a look at that. Make sure that the questions are relevant to what we're discussing today. Okay, so let's talk about this first step here. Talk about step 
one and let's get into first of all there are a few things that we described to you that we said that we would talk about today and one of those things was your speaking identity right we talked about how you can transform your speaking identity and so one of the things i said that i would do is explain to you what a speaking identity is and why it's critically important, why it's even more important than the way that you speak. So as we look at step one, let's talk about your speaking identity, okay? So the first step is for you to define how you wanna be seen as a speaker, right? And then we'll look at how this relates to speaking identity. So define how you want to be seen as a speaker. Okay, define how you want to be seen as a speaker. So that's our first step. So let's talk about what we mean when we say how you want to be seen as a speaker. What does that mean, uh, this word right here especially? How you want to be seen as a speaker. What we're essentially talking about is your belief about who you are as a speaker. It's your self-concept. It's your identity. It's your speaking identity. It's how you identify yourself as a speaker. It's very important for you to define how you want to be seen as a speaker. So the exercise asks you first, how do you see yourself right now as a speaker? So some people wrote, well, I, I get stuck or I block on certain words. Some people wrote, I'm an excellent speaker. Some people wrote, uh, I speak in a choppy manner or people don't pay attention to me or I'm not able to say the things that I wanna say. So you wanna have a clear picture first of how you see yourself right now. But what we're asking you to do now is to look at how do you want to see yourself? So a key word here is seen. How do you want to be seen as a speaker? How do you also want to see yourself? How do you want to see yourself? So this word see has to do with how you see yourself inside your mind, right? Your identity. So what do we mean when we say speaking identity? Identity is how you identify yourself, right? It's your belief about your ability to do something, right? So some people have an identity as a stutterer or stammer or poor speaker. How do we know this? Because of the words that they use, the things that they say. They say things like, I am, I am a stutterer, or I do this, right? So they've taken on this identity. They've associated themselves with this whole idea of stuttering. And so that is how they see themselves. That's how they identify themselves. One of the things that absolutely must change if you want to change your speech, and I'll explain to you why, if you want to change your speech and you want to change or improve your self-confidence and you want to change the way other people see you, one of the things that has to change is your identity, how you identify yourself. And here's why, and I've seen this over the years. If a person is going through any program, I don't care what it is, they can, have, can be the best program in the world, have the best techniques, strategies, and skills in the world. But if they continue 
Now listen to this. If they continue to identify themselves as stutterers, no matter how far they get, as soon as they have what we call a dip, right? as soon as they have a setback, they'll begin to doubt their progress. They'll begin to doubt themselves. They'll say, oh, I just, I got stuck. I'm getting stuck. Um, I knew this probably wasn't really going to work. I knew that, that probably I would always be a stutterer. I'd always be stuck with this, right? So begin, they begin to say things like that because they're still identifying themselves. They're still seeing and believing themselves as being someone who stutters. I am a stutterer. It's not something that they do. They're believing that this is who they are. So no matter how good their speech gets, they're constantly pulling themselves back. So it might be two steps forward, one step back. Sometimes two steps forward, two steps back, right? So it's very, very important that you and I transform our speaking identity so that we begin to see ourselves differently. And we'll talk about what that differently, what that difference should look like. But if a person continues to see themselves as a person who stutters or struggles with their speech, no matter how smoothly they start to speak, as soon as they mess up or they have a bad speaking experience or a bad day, they will drop back. Right? They'll immediately bounce back to their old speaking identity. So it's really, really difficult and challenging for them to, to more fully move forward and step into a new way of speaking and a new way of seeing themselves. So one of the things that has to be addressed and has to be changed is what we call your speaking identity along with here's another word that you're familiar with your mindset okay your mindset so these are not exactly the same but they are very much related so your speaking identity is simply your belief about how you speak about how you perform in various speaking situations okay so you have a speaking identity for <clears throat> how you speak with family and friends, how you speak in social situations, how you speak in interviews, how you speak on the phone, how you read aloud, right? That's something that I used to struggle with. I used to also struggle on the telephone for how you speak in front of people in authority, for how you speak to people that you don't know, for how you order coffee, right? You have all these little mini speaking identities for the various speaking situations that you may find yourself in. That's why for many of you, <clears throat> you may struggle with what we call situational stuttering. It's not as bad in some situations. For some people, they don't stutter at all in certain speaking situations. And then in other ones, they do, right? So it's situational for, for some people. And this has to do with your speaking identity. So once your speaking identity is transformed, and I have clients Right now, we're telling me, I don't, I no longer see myself as a person who stutters. I may still have some disfluencies, we all do, but I don't see myself as a person. So when they do have a disfluency, it doesn't matter. They don't care. Other people, you'll hear me say this all the time, people who don't identify themselves as stutterers, they have disfluencies. Everyone has a certain amount of disfluencies. They just don't think about it. They just don't dwell on it. It doesn't really matter, right? 
But when a person who sees themselves as someone who's disfluent, as soon as they have a disfluency, they dwell on it, they think about it, and it starts to pull the rest of their speech down. They begin to define themselves in that way. It's very important then to change, to transform your speaking identity. All right, second thing is your mindset. In your mindset, it's a lady named Carol Dweck. And what she talks about when she defines mindset is, is people have a certain mindset. One of them is fixed, and the other one is what you might call a little more flexible and open. So the fixed one says, hey, I can never really change. I'm kind of stuck the way I am. The more flexible and open one says, hey, I can change. I can change aspects of my personality. I can change my speech. I can grow and I can change, right? She says the person who's going to be more successful in life is the person who has more of a flexible, open mindset. They believe that they can change. They don't believe that they're stuck the way that they are. Okay, Carol Dweck, check that out. I'm going to broaden the definition a little bit beyond that. So yes, mindset has to do with whether it's fixed or whether it's open. It also has to do with how you think. You could call this your attitude as well, but your patterns of thinking. So what do you think about on a daily basis and how do you think about it? Okay, so do you constantly criticize yourself? Are you constantly anticipating uh, negative outcomes in speaking situations? Do you tend to think and speak in a negative way most of the time? So this is not going to be constructive for you. It's not going to support you or help you if you think in this way. So what you think definitely impacts your performance in your entire life. So speaking identity and mindset go together and most definitely affect how you want to be seen and also how you see yourself. So one of the things that you want to do in step one is define um, how you want others to see you, right? And then the second part to this, right? So, so this is how you want to be seen, right? And also how, how you see yourself, okay? So that's what we've been talking about, how you see yourself. So how do you want other people to see you when they talk about you, when they say, wow, this person's excellent speaker. I love the way they speak. I had two clients, one just yesterday. I was meeting with her yesterday. And she said that when she was in a meeting recently, the director and some other um, high-powered people in the room was nodding and basically cheering her on, won't even ask her to lunch, not exactly asked her to lunch after this meeting. Uh, this is one of the reasons that she came to me is that she wanted to be able to express her thoughts more clearly and confidently in these meetings because she feels like she knows that she has a lot to contribute. She just hasn't been able to do it. So, or at least not to the degree that she wants. So in this meeting, she could tell that she had engaged the listeners they were listening to her, they were nodding, they were smiled, they were into it. And again, someone even asked her to lunch to continue the conversation. She was super excited about this outcome, okay, something that she hadn't really been experiencing before. So how do you want others to see you and how do you want to see yourself? How do you want others to see you and how do you want to see yourself? Okay, so that's step one. Now, here's a note, here's something 
that is important. How you see yourself, how you see yourself, and how you think other people see you. So if you see yourself as being a poor speaker, as not being very confident, right, and then you think other people see you that way, that's going to impact at least three things. It's going to impact how you feel about yourself. You're not going to feel real good, at least about your speech. Okay, You're not going to feel real good about your speech if you don't see yourself as being an excellent speaker. And if you think other people don't see you that way, you're not going to feel real good about yourself. Number two, your self-confidence or your speaking confidence is going to be lower. Okay, And number three, it's going to impact your performance. It's going to impact how well you speak. So if you think other people see you a certain way and you see yourself a certain way, you're not going to feel real good about the way you speak and yourself, and you're not going to perform well. So this first step, kind of defining how do I see myself, how do other people see me, is going to carry forward into your performance and how you feel. So let's let's take a look at step two then. Okay. Okay. Now, what is step two? So now we're going to get into something something else, or kind of a something that you can actually do to begin to change. So this is kind of clarification. So it's important to know where you're at, where you're at. So step two is I'm just going to put visualize here. Visualize. It is to visualize yourself speaking well. So in the exercises, how do you want to be seen as a speaker? And how do you want to see yourself as a speaker, right? It's a part of the exercise. How do you want other people to see you? How do you want to see yourself? Visualize yourself speaking well. This is a process for getting yourself into a relaxed state. And this is extremely powerful. Do your research on this, but lots and lots of research has been done with athletes and other professionals where they literally spend time visualizing themselves uh, playing certain aspects of a sport. And there's been various studies done one study was done with basketball players, and there were three groups. There's a group who was told to shoot a certain number of three, throw, three throws in the beginning. And then for X number of weeks, they were not to do anything at all. And then they would do it at the end, right? Do it in the beginning, do it at the end, in between, do nothing. Then there's another group who was told to physically practice. You're going to do it at the beginning, you're going to practice for X number of weeks, and then we're going to see how you perform at the end. And there's a third group who's told, okay, you're going to do something at the beginning, but in the middle, we're just going to have you visualize yourself shooting the free throws and missing and then correcting, right? And seeing yourself doing this. So visualize yourself, do this each and every day for this period of time. And then we're going to see how you do at the end. So here's what happened. The people who just uh, did it in the beginning, didn't do anything in the middle, they're, uh, there was no improvement for them at the end. The people who practiced, there was a certain amount, there was a percentage of improvement at the end. But the people who visualized themselves practicing was only a few percentage points less than the people who physically practiced. Now this is very powerful, there's various studies done similar to this. What you'll find is when you visualize yourself, you're activating 
the same areas of your brain that manages that particular activity. So, for example, speaking. If you visualize yourself speaking well, feeling uh, smiling, using your hands, using your body, inflecting your voice, you visualize other people nodding and smiling, right? Saying, wow, yes. And this, you don't have to be standing up. You can be sitting down in the meeting, but you visualize it. So you experience it. You visualize it. You emotionalize it, right? What's going to happen is the areas of your brain that manage speech and also that manages your feelings of confidence and poise, right? That manage your ability to speak smoothly and clearly and confidently. Those areas of your brains are actually lighting up as if you were, you were performing that function, as if you were actually experiencing it. So when you visualize, it's almost as if you are experiencing the real thing. Okay, so that's why you want to create the habit of visualizing. You don't have to spend a lot of time either. You can spend a few minutes a day visualizing yourself speaking the way you want. So we call this seeing, right? So you want to see it. See it. Okay. So you want to see yourself in your mind speaking well. Now, how do you do this? So I just want to just give you a really, really, really quick, basic way to do this. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to relax yourself down. Get yourself into a quiet place where you won't be distracted. You want to do something we call 777. It's just a very simple breathing exercise. And there's variations of it. There's a, a 525, whatever you want to call it. But this is 777. So you're going to breathe in through your nose at a count of seven, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you're going to be breathing in through your nose, through your nose, not your mouth, for a count of seven. Then you're going to hold for a count of seven. Hold that breath for a count of seven. Some people can't, so hold it for five or for three. Then you're going to release through your mouth for a count of seven. Slowly. One, two, so. What this does is a couple of things. One, it gives you greater breath control. Learn how to control your breath when you do the 777, right? The other thing it does is it relaxes you down. So the purpose of the 777 in this exercise, in this particular context, is to relax you down. But it has a dual purpose at least, right? So you want to do seven of those, seven of those. In through the nose, count of seven. Hold for a count of seven. Release slowly through the mouth for a count of seven. Do that seven times and you'll be pretty relaxed. Now, the next thing you want to do is then visualize yourself in a meeting, right? Uh, speaking to people who are in authority, let's just say directors, supervisors, whoever's in the meeting and your colleagues are there. Visualize yourself uh, going through, sharing whatever information you need to share in that meeting. So just look at your day and look at the speaking opportunities that you have and visualize yourself in one of those speaking opportunities. See yourself nodding, speaking, performing well, right? Having people nod, speak, and share. You're smiling, you're speaking smooth. Then visualize yourself actually getting a little stuck, just getting a little stuck. Then you stop, you take a breath, you go back a little, and you continue to speak well. Okay, so feel what it feels like to actually get stuck. 
And not to push it out, but just, just to get a little stuck. You feel it, feel a little angst. But then you just relax. You go back, you throw a little word, and, ah, okay, sure. And you go back and you continue speaking smoothly. So it's a little disfluency, a little bump in the road, but it didn't derail you, didn't throw you off track. So you visualize yourself doing this. Now, so that's kind of the second step. First is relax. Second is visualize yourself. Here's a third one. Visualize yourself speaking, but do it as a third person, someone else. So see yourself sitting in the meeting and watching yourself speak. Right. So, so the first one is from the inside, called this inside visualization, where you're looking out, you can see the people, right? you're experiencing this yourself. This third one is where you are on the outside looking at yourself, like you're watching yourself on video. So visualize yourself, see yourself speaking well, see yourself maybe pausing and then coming back and speaking. Through. So visualize yourself from the outside. Okay. Then finally, just wrap it up, right? Maybe do another 777 breathing to bring yourself out of that. All right. And open your eyes and affirm that you're an excellent speaker. You're a great speaker, right? So go through this, this very, very short visualization process. It should take you just a few minutes each day. And what you're going to find is as you do this, it's the same thing as if you were actually practicing in a meeting such as that and speaking well. Okay. Very powerful. Again, don't take my word for it. Do your research and you're going to find that this is an extremely powerful technique. So you want to see it, right? See it on the inside. Now, why do you think this would work so well? Well, one of the reasons this will work so well is because you're countering what you usually do, right? And what is it that you probably usually do? Well, many people tell me they negatively anticipate speaking situations, ordering coffee, speaking up in meetings, whatever, asking a question. When you visualize yourself, you see yourself speaking well, you're substituting all of those negative, the negative anticipation with positive anticipation. And if, and if you cut out the anticipation, if you cut out the negative thinking, you're far more likely to perform better than if you didn't. If all you thought was negative and you anticipated, probably not going to speak real well. If you're thinking positively, right, and you're thinking constructively, you have a better chance, a much better chance of speaking well than if you didn't, okay? So that's step two. Let's look at step three. So here's step three. Step three is to say it. This is what we call self-talk. So you want to tell yourself how well you speak and how you believe others see you. So here's an example. So you might want to say to yourself, you can say this aloud, you can call these affirmations, they're affirmations, but it's also just regular self-talk. You can say, wow, I'm an amazing speaker. People love to speak to me, they love to speak with me, they love to hear me speak. I'm an excellent speaker, I'm a smooth speaker, I'm a confident speaker, I'm an amazing speaker, I'm an awesome speaker. People love to speak with me, right? So you keep saying this to yourself, okay? Um, so you can say this as an affirmation, you can say the same thing over and over, or you can mix it up a little bit. 
But what you say to yourself is going to determine how well you speak, period. If you don't control what you say to yourself, that is what you think. If you don't control that, nothing will work. Nothing will work. You'll always default to negative thinking. So one of the habits that people develop in Pro90D is they develop the habit of uh, being aware of what they're thinking and what they're saying to themselves and then changing what they're saying to themselves. So in a meeting, uh, you may be feeling a little anxious or you may have a presentation or interview. You may be feeling a little anxious or excited. And one of the things that you must do is learn to control what you're thinking or what you're saying to yourself. So a person says, well, I don't have time to talk to myself when I'm in a meeting because I have to be thinking about what I'm saying. And the truth is that this is not true, right? You do have time to control what you're thinking because you already do it. And here's how we know this. Uh, we ask people, okay, when you were in that meeting or that presentation, you were speaking, what were you thinking? How were you feeling? So some people say, well, I started to anticipate this word or that word. Or I thought I was going to get stuck. I was scanning forward. And so what they're telling you is that they're thinking certain things about the meeting. They're thinking certain things about what other people might think if they get stuck. Well, I don't want to get stuck. So I'm going to avoid this word and I'm going to substitute this word. So all of this is going on in their mind while they're presenting, while they speak. So they have plenty of mental space and time to anticipate, to think about the audience, what the audience will think, to switch words. They have the time to do that. If they have the time to do that, then they also have the time to think more constructively. And in fact, once a person knows that they can do this, they do. They start to tell themselves, just relax slow down, take your time. You don't have to rush. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or says. You can say what you want to say. Just take your time and say what you want to say. And as they begin to tell themselves things like this in the meeting, what they find is they start becoming more relaxed. They're able to say the things that they want to say. They're speaking more smoothly. They're speaking more confidently. As they begin to tell themselves, I don't really care who's in the meeting. I'm in control, I'm going to speak the way I want to speak. Then all of a sudden they're in a meeting, again, I had clients tell me this yesterday, they're in the meeting, they said, I really don't care who's in the meeting. I'm not thinking about the position or the authority of the people in the meeting. I'm just thinking about the value that I want to add and the way that I'm adding that value, my style of speaking, so that I'm holding their attention. We call this VIC, V-I-C. We'll talk about that in the program itself but they're thinking about that. So they're not really caring about who's in the audience. It's not distracting them, right? When that happens, then what they find is that they're much more capable of communicating well than when they allow themselves to get distracted with anticipating words, thinking about who's in the audience, and so forth and so on. So what you say to yourself is critically important. It's critically important. If you don't learn to control your self-talk, your inner dialogue, nothing else works. Nothing else works. Because what you're going to find is you can do all the practice, you can do the affirmations, you can do meditations, you can do speech training, whatever. But when you get in the situation, if you can't talk to yourself, all of that goes out the window. You just default back to your your habitual actions, your habitual or, 
or your patterned way of thinking and speaking. Just default automatically, your brain does it automatically. So you have to, in the moment, be able to control what you're saying to yourself. Does this make sense? So this is a habit. It's not something you can do automatically. In fact, I'll tell you, for many of you, you may be in a meeting or a conversation and you may have to remind yourself initially of this hundreds of times. You may have to keep telling yourself, relax, sit down, take your time. You have to write over and over and over until it becomes a habit, until you actually begin to listen to yourself. Okay, So don't think you can do it one time or five times as it's supposed to stick because it's not. Right? You may have to do it multiple times, many times before it starts to stick. So the more you do it, the more it will stick the more you'll be able to actually relax and slow down and speak smoothly and so forth. So this third step is to actually begin to speak it, begin to say it. So one of the things that I do with my clients is I have them stop using the word stuttering, stammering, blocking as it relates to themselves, it's your language, right? So when we're speaking, they say, well, I stammered or I stuttered or, you know, I blocked. Nope, we don't say that. Because when you say, I did this, what you're doing is you're identifying yourself with and as a person who stammers or stutters. Now, I do work with people who also don't stutter at all, right? Just, just There's other things that they want to improve. But right now, this video is for those of you who feel like you struggle in that area, stammering, stuttering, blocking, or whatever. So when they say that, immediately we tell them, don't use those words in association with yourself. Say something like, I got stuck got a little stuck, right? Getting stuck is normal. Everyone gets stuck from time to time. So say, I, I got stuck, I get stuck. You have to change your language because when you change your language, and this is important, don't gloss this over. All these little things that we talk about in the webinar, they're all important. They all create a bigger picture. Right? They're all part of the pie. When you change your language as you refer to yourself, you're changing your speaking identity right? You want to disassociate yourself with stuttering because you can't associate yourself. You can't see yourself, identify yourself, believe yourself to be a stutterer, and at the same time become a smooth speaker, an excellent speaker. It's not going to work. The stuttering is going to win out every time. It's going to pull you back. You have to disassociate yourself and begin to see yourself
Okay, guys, do we have... Yes, sound is back. Okay, I don't know where it cut out, but I'm about to do a review right now, so please excuse that. The batteries looked uh, like they were full when we started. So let's continue, and I'm just going to do a review, uh, just a quick review of what we talked about. All right. So, we started out at step one. Define how you want to be seen as a speaker and how you, how you want to see yourself as a speaker. I want to be seen as someone who's confident, who's smooth, who's clear, right? And I want to see myself that way as well. I want to see myself that way and I want other people to say, wow, I really like the way this person speaks. They're a great communicator. So you define that. Okay, step two. You want to visualize it. You want to see it in your mind. So we went through, we walked through a short visualization process, right? Where you relax yourself down with some 777s. And then we talked about actually seeing yourself in a very specific speaking situation, right? You're seeing yourself speaking smoothly. And then all of a sudden you maybe feel yourself getting a little stuck, but then you stop, you relax, you navigate through it and around it like water, you continue flowing. And then we talked about uh, a second way to visualize yourself. Visualize yourself from the audience's perspective, call this outside visualization, external. So you're, you're actually watching yourself like on a video, you're seeing yourself speak smoothly, in a relaxed way, handling the meeting, being confident, so you, right? And then you relax yourself down and you kind of step out of that. So see yourself do it. We also talked about a study or studies that were done that show that by visualizing yourself performing a particular skill or whatever it is, that you get very close to the same performance gains as you would if you physically experienced it and practiced it. This doesn't mean you shouldn't physically <laughs> practice. It just means this can this is a multiplier. It multiplies the effect of physical practice, okay? So you want to visualize it, all right? Visualize yourself speaking well. Step three was you say it. Now, some of you, we may have missed this when my battery died. So you want to actually say, uh, using self-talk, right? What you say to yourself is very, very important. It's very, very important because if you don't control the direction of your thinking, that is what you say to yourself, what you will find is that you will fall into what we call default thinking. So whatever you usually think, however you usually feel, is what will happen if you don't control what you're thinking in the moment. The other thing that we said is that if you're in a meeting, you do have time to talk yourself down or to talk yourself into feeling more relaxed and to talk yourself into speaking more smoothly. You do have time to do this because the reason we know is because you have time to anticipate negative thoughts. You have time to think about what the audience might think of you. And so, so you have time to do this. So we say control what you're thinking. And that meaning that you may have to remind yourself hundred times or 50 times to relax, take your time. You don't really care who's in the audience. You're in, you're in control. You're going to say what you want to say. You may have to do that many, many times initially until that becomes your habitual way of thinking and feeling and performing, right? Then we said that we're going to give you a bonus 
fourth step. Okay, so that's where we are now. That's where we are now. So I want to ask you, go ahead and type into the, the chat box. What do you think this fourth step is? So the first one is to kind of create a vision of how you see yourself now, how you think other people see you, how you want to see yourself, and how you want other people to see you. All right, so you want other people to say, wow, it's a great speaker. And again, I have clients right now who are saying that their directors, that people way above them, VPs and executives, are coming to them and complimenting them and actually saying things to them they never thought people would say. Okay? So this is happening. This can happen to you. And it's not just one client or two clients. We're talking multiple clients that this happens to. So that's the first thing, right? The second thing is actually visualize yourself. See it on the inside which is changing your speaking identity. And the third thing is say it, your self-talk, very, very important, right? If you don't control that, nothing else works. What do you think the fourth thing is? So someone says here, um, <laughs> very good, all right. Someone says, taking up speaking opportunities, facing situations. Um, I would say do it, <laughs> okay? Affirmations each morning, all right. So... Yeah, someone said it. So this fourth step is to do it, which is very much in line with taking up speaking opportunities, facing speaking opportunities, right? Affirmations, absolutely, absolutely. That kind of falls into the self-talk and even the visualization, right? But step four would be to actually get out and to do it, meaning physically practice. So we talked about mentally practicing. Now we're going to talk about physically practicing. So there's lots of different ways that you can do it, but if you don't get out and physically put yourself in speaking situations, you want to make sure that you have the tools and the skills first. Just don't go do it and continue to experience negative speaking experiences, right? You want to, you want to train yourself a little bit, then get out and practice it. If you don't do that, none of this really works. Right. You have to actually get out and try. You have to try. So one of the things that I say in the program is you set your expectations. Yes, but be prepared first. That's right. Uh, do things like joining Toastmasters. Great. Yes. And we'll talk about that. So one of the things I say is set your expectations to one, not zero, not 10. Set your expectations to one. That means focus on very, very small results. So what some people do, and this, this, is, this is important, so I want you to listen to this. What some people do when they come into any kind of program is they say, wow, I want to stop stuttering, or I want to be an amazing speaker. That's their goal. That's great. That's great. That's normal. But then, as they're going through the program, when they don't see that happening, right, they, they are experiencing improvements and setbacks at the same time, because it's part of the process, but they're so focused on the end goal that they get discouraged because they're not getting there fast enough or it's not easier. It's harder than what they thought. Okay? So if you are just focused on the end goal, you're probably going to discourage yourself. So you set the end goal, but what you want to focus on are small incremental changes, number one. And two, you want to focus on the activities that you must participate to reach the goal. 
What are the activities, the daily activities that you must do in order to reach that goal? So it could be doing all the things that we talked about here. Another thing that we talk about in the program is modeling, right? Mirroring someone else. You have something that we call mirror neurons. Yes, focus on progression, not perfection. Absolutely. You have something that we call mirror neurons. These are neurons that light up when you observe, call this observational learning. They light up when you observe someone else performing an activity that you're familiar with. If you're not familiar with it, then that area of your brain is probably not going to light up because it doesn't have any reason to, right? But if you see someone doing something like, if it's a right, it could be running, speaking, you see someone else speaking, the areas of your brain, if you're observing them, will light up that manage speech. So if you study someone who speaks well, you watch them, you listen to them, you mimic them, you mirror them, the areas of your brain that manage speech will begin to light up. Going back to the visualization, it will be as if you are practicing speaking as well. Okay, So you, you study someone that speaks well, and then you mirror that person, you practice being like or speaking like that person. When you do that, what it does is it accelerates the rate at which you improve your speech or it decreases the amount of time that it takes you to improve your speech. Now, you can do it without modeling someone else. It's just it's going to be much more difficult. It's going to take a longer time. When you model someone, while that might be challenging at first, it's actually the fastest and easiest way because the template is there. The pattern is there. You say, how do I want to speak? How do I want to see myself as a speaker? Yes, yeah, someone says, just like martial artists observe their seniors. That's so funny. I was actually going to mention that I trained in martial arts for many, many years. And one of the things you do is you watch other people and see how they do something and you mimic them, right? Um, so, so I'm glad that you mentioned that. So yes, when you model someone else, it's so much faster. It's more efficient. This is how children learn initially. So it's built in that we mimic other people. We watch them and then we mimic them. So you already know how to do this. Granted, it might not be as easy for you at first as adults because we're used to learning things sometimes in different ways. But we still learn things by watching, by observing other people, observational learning. So do it. Do it. How do you do it? Well, one way is you model someone who speaks well. You practice. So in the Pro90 speech system, it's built upon modeling. There's other things in there as well. There's other strategies. There's other techniques. But if you want to transform your speaking identity, the fastest and actually the easiest way is to model someone else. There's a great book called Alter Ego. Uh, pick that book up, Alter Ego. I'm just type that in. And someone actually just told me about this book recently. So I hadn't read it uh, when I created this program several years ago. I just read it or listened to it over the last month, I would say. And in there, this guy uh, is talking about, in a sense, modeling, but he goes beyond and he broadens it and does some other things with it that I think is very interesting, that you might find interesting. But what you're going to find is the core of that is actually creating an alternate version of yourself, creating an alternate version of yourself. So he says you can use a superhero, 
You can use an animal, you can use a vehicle, you can use other people, right? So get into this book, take a look at it, and you're going to go, oh, wow. Well, Michael's been talking about this for years now, okay? So modeling is one of the most powerful ways for you to do it. The next thing is, as you're practicing, right, you got to, there's a daily routine that we give you in the program. As you practice it, you actually have to go out and try to implement it in real life. Now, when you try to implement it, it's not necessarily going to work perfectly or might not work very well the first time and the first several times. That's normal. But what you want to do is you want to look for small incremental improvement, just little improvements. And sometimes the first improvement that you see is that you feel more confident. I would say almost 100% of my clients tell me that they feel more confident. So the first thing that happens to them is that they feel more confident. When they feel confident and they feel better, they're more willing to get out there and speak more. When they feel better and they feel more confident, they actually do speak better, right? So they're creating these new, positive, successful speaking experiences. So you actually have to get out and do it and look for small improvements, not big improvements, small improvements. Um, so if you follow the daily routine that's set out for you in the Pro 90D speech system, smooth speech system, you will improve your confidence. Your speech will become smoother, especially if you focus on the modeling. And if you just try to use the techniques, then it may not completely work for you, right? Because your speaking identity is not changing. You're just using techniques. It's you using techniques. And so if you say, oh, well, I can't do this, or I'm going to get stuck over here, or the technique is not working, then what? But when you're modeling and you're not really yourself, a lot of athletes do this, musicians do this, um, politicians do this, executive leaders do this. You can step outside yourself for a moment. When you're not yourself, then what happens is those old memories of how you used to perform can't get to you. They can't affect you because you're not yourself now. You're being someone else in that moment. So the beauty of modeling is the more successful speaking memories you create as your model. So you're, you're mirroring your model. You're pretending to be your model. The more successful speaking experiences you create as your model, the more those experiences become yours. They're not your models. They're yours, right? You're just borrowing your model's confidence, speaking style, until you create your own. So you don't have to model forever. It's really temporary. Often it's only for a few months or three months or six months. But you have to follow the daily routine. So what I want to do Myra's going to go ahead and post uh, a link for us, uh, the basic course. So Myra, go ahead and post the basic course. And if you're watching this video, first of all, please pardon the interruption uh, where the battery wasn't working. Next time, I'm just going to make sure I change out the batteries before the webinar. But um, we'll try to edit that or something. But what we want you to do, if you're watching the replay of this or you're here now, if you do not have the self-study, that might be your first step. Get the self-study. Some of you, as you get the self-study, you figure out, you know what? Uh, this is great. This is working, but I'm not consistent, which is very normal, right? The average person isn't as consistent as they'd like to be. Some people are, but many are not. 
say most are not, unfortunately. So you may say, this is great. I can see how this is working and how it will work, but I need more accountability. And that's when you're going to want to schedule an appointment with me to talk about private coaching. But if you want, start with the self-study, because for some of you, that may be all you need. So if you don't have the self-study, start with the self-study. See how it goes. Take a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month. See how it goes. Then if you if you see, okay, you know what? I need greater accountability because I need to be more consistent. I also need feedback. So I've been doing this for a long time now. Uh, I want to say now it's been eight years. Uh, that is eight years full-time coaching. I've been in this field for now 11 years, right? I started around 2008, 2009, okay? So I've been in this field for about 11 years, but I've been doing coaching full-time for eight years, all I do. And what begins to happen, just like a martial artist or just like anyone, a doctor or surgeon, after a certain amount of time, you see patterns, right? You don't have to think about it. You don't really have to analyze it. They just appear before you. So you you know what's going on. So, so I can look at someone, I can listen to them, and I can say, boom, this is what we need to focus on now. Why? Because I've worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. I've examined, I've thought about, I've analyzed, I've looked at myself, right? Remember, I used to be someone who stuttered as well for almost 30 years, maybe. So I know what it feels like. And in Spanish, I still do get stuck. I still do have disfluency. It's not my primary language. So I know what it feels like now, right? So you want to work with someone who has that experience, who can give you evaluation and feedback that's going to save you time. If you're working on your own, you're trying to figure out, well, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? You and I don't know what we don't know. Right? So we can't see certain things. So we need someone who has some level of expertise on the outside to evaluate you and say, hey, this is what you need to focus on. My coaching clients will tell you if it weren't for the coaching, for most of them, if it weren't for the coaching, they would just be spinning their wheels, just spinning their wheels. Now, there are other people who, again, don't need the coaching. The self-study is all they need. Um, and so that's why I want to encourage you now that if you, if you don't have the self-study, start with that first. If you decide within about 30 days that, you know what, I want to do the coaching, we'll credit what you paid for the self-study. You've got to do that within 30 days. Okay, Give your credit so you haven't lost anything. So start with the self-study. Myra's posted that. There it is right now. Get started. You can start that right now. Like click it, get into it, and, st and find that daily routine that spells out everything you need to do to begin to take your speech to the next level. And we'll talk about briefly the kind of people that this is going to work best for. Now, this whole process, really, self-study as well as the coaching, self-study is included in the coaching as well. This is going to work well for those of you who are professionals or professionally minded. So you can be a student, but you got to be professionally minded. And here's the key. You don't just want to overcome stuttering. You actually want to level up your speech. You want to become an excellent speaker. I know for some of you that might be kind of hard to imagine, but just look at all the videos on my website. Okay, look at all the videos and you'll find that those people um, 
are actually, they've become excellent speakers, right? People are looking at them going, wow, you're a great speaker. You're an excellent speaker. So it's not only possible, it's actually a part of the process. You know, the skills that you're learning are the same skills, the same techniques that people would learn if they were just upgrading their speaking skills, become excellent speakers. Just it's the same skills. If, if you have to do the work anyway, then you might as well go above and beyond. Plus, if you're shooting, if you're shooting for a higher goal than just overcoming stuttering, then you're more likely to reach it. So the example that I use is if you're in an interview and you have this person who, and, and both people used to stutter. One person just got to the level where they don't stutter. So they're okay. This other person used to stutter, but now they're an excellent speaker, excellent communicator, right? Same process. This, now this person is an excellent speaker. All things being equal, right? Same qualifications, just everything being virtually equal. Who's going to get the job? <laughs> who's going to get the job? Well, the person who's an excellent speaker is going to get the job, right? Because of their communication skills, they were able to impact the interviewer. They would grab their attention. They communicated well. Same thing if someone does a presentation. Here's someone, they're presenting. They're okay. They didn't stutter. Here's someone who's excellent speak. Grab the audience. People give them standard. Well, nobody's going to say, oh, my God, this guy was amazing. He didn't stutter at all. He didn't stutter one time. No, they're going to say, this guy was amazing, or this lady was amazing. She was an excellent speaker, awesome. She held our attention. She was very clear. She gave great advice. So which one do you want to be? So I'm saying that Pro 90D is really designed for those professionals who want to go above and beyond. If you don't want to go above and beyond, can it help you? Sure, it can. But the work it's going to require, you may not be willing to do. Because you might just be like, look, I just want to get over this thing. Of course, we all want to get over that. But it's going to require extra work that you're going to have to do anyway. And when you do the extra work, you're going to come out on top. Okay, So it's for you if you want to speak well, if you're a professional, you're professionally minded, and you're willing to invest a reasonable amount of time and, yes, money. If you buy the self-study, you're going to be purchasing the self-study. So you have to be willing to invest a reasonable amount of money back into yourself. It's an investment because you're going to get the money back. People who invest in themselves get a great return. Often in income, I've helped people gain $10,000, $20,000, one guy $30,000 more in income with, while we were coaching other people. It's been smaller amounts of help people get new jobs. There's a guy I'm working with who just got a permanent full-time job with Microsoft, work with people, jobs with Facebook, all kinds of people. Um, so investing in your communication skills is just that. It's an investment. So Myra's now going to put up the coaching, the coaching one. Uh, you who, for example, uh, already know that you know, you've tried self-studies, you know you want to work with someone one-on-one, -on -one. this will accelerate the time it takes uh, for you to get to smooth speech. So working with me one-on-one -on -one will make it faster. You're going to be more consistent because you're paying for that. You're going to get evaluation and feedback, which, is going to, which can save you months or years right, of working and trying to figure it out on your own. So again, uh, this is for the same group of people. You're professional. You understand the value. One of my clients just yesterday said, the experience I had in that meeting, this is what she said, the experience I had in that meeting was worth all the money that I paid to you, 
And I know that I'm going to get that back in even greater amounts the more that I do this. So the people who come in and do the work see the value of the money that they pay and they get it back in their experiences and their confidence and often in additional income. So if you don't know that, then this is not right for you. If you don't see how investing in your speech and your communication skills can get you a return on that, on that investment, then this is not the right time for you. If you can see it and you understand the value of it, then this may be the time for you. So go ahead and click that link. Your first step, tell you how this will work, and then we're done. First step is you're going to set up um, a conversation with me. Boom, you and I will get together on Zoom. We'll talk about where you are now, where you want to be, how I can help you get there. All the prices are there. It's very clear. Nothing secret, nothing hidden, nothing extra. It's all right there. And we just map that out and we say, hey, uh, if, I, if I have time, when you want to get started, we get started and you look at this year and you go, man, just in three or four months, where are you going to be? Where can you be in three or four months? Where if you look back last year, working on this thing for several months, where were you last year? In three or four months, three or four months is going to pass anyway. Right? My friend Brian Tracy always says this. He says, he says uh, the time's going to pass anyway. So think about this. Three or four months is going to come, May, uh, March, and April. It's, it's going to come anyway. Three or four months, you're going to be three or four months older. Three or four months will have passed. But where will your speech be? Right? Will you be speaking better? Will your speaking identity be any different? Or will you still be struggling with the same thing? Time is going to pass anyway. The only difference is what you do in this time. So some of you are going to take advantage of this. In three or four months, you're going to come back to the webinar and go, wow. That's, this is only if you do the work. Now, you can, if you don't do the work, nothing changes. If you do the work, you're going to come back and go, wow. I can't believe where I'm at now. Now, no one's speech is going to be 100%. You're still going to have to do some work beyond that. But things can be very, very different. So you're going to come back and go, wow, look at where I'm at now. Whereas if you don't, you're going to come back and go, wow, look at where in the hell I am now. I'm still in the same place. Okay. So for those of you that are ready for this, uh, click that button, schedule an appointment with me. For those of you who are not quite ready for the coaching, start out with a self-study. And then you may find this is all I need, or you may find that I would like to do some coaching work with Michael one-on-one to accelerate the process. All right. Uh, any questions? Let me just go ahead and take a few questions before we, before we wrap up. So here we go. If one has reached full automaticity from modeling and wants to learn a new language afterwards, can he learn it using his new fully developed speaking style or should he return back to modeling? Will his stuttering come back as a result of learning a new language? If yes, will this affect speaking identity causing him to regress? All right. So Great question, Abdullah. If you want to learn a new language, your, your, the new language, the way that you speak the new language may be affected uh, by getting stuck. You may have some disfluencies in the new language, mostly because of confidence. The confidence level is often less. But the good thing is that you have a system and a process for actually learning that new language 
for transforming your speaking identity in that new language, right? For building your speaking skills. So because you're more confident, you probably won't be affected as much or for as long as you would have had you not gone through this process. I know this from personal experience because I know that as I'm still learning Spanish because I just don't speak it all the time. But I know that I can go out and give me a few days and my Spanish becomes fairly fluent. My confidence level goes up, becomes much smoother so because I know what to do. So you can model someone in that new language and you have the whole process. So the answer to your question is your speech probably in that language would be affected. You might find that you have some disfluences at first, but you're going to be more confident and you're going to have all the tools you need to level that up relatively quickly. Okay. So I hope that I answered that question. All right. Now, will it affect your your, your speaking identity in your other language? Obviously, it's possible, uh, but probably not because I have people who speak multiple languages and they're fine in one language and struggle a little in the other. So who knows, but it probably won't. Okay. Let's see. We got some other questions here. Um, how can you overcome getting stuck on certain letters? So that's a a very, very general question. And the answer is, and I'm not trying to be funny, but if you try to zoom in and focus on those certain letters, you may or may not be helped. It's really about changing that speaking identity. So without going into very specific techniques, which we do have in the program for saying things, once you change or as you're changing your speaking identity, what often happens is all those little letters that you used to have problems with, you don't even think about it anymore. So sometimes what I tell people is it's not about the letters. It's about actually changing your entire speaking identity, your entire speaking style, so that those letters just fade away. You don't even see them or think about them anymore. That's the power of Pro90D. It's not about just letters and words and techniques. It's about creating a whole new speaking style that overwrites the old one. So letters and words just fade away. So I can't really tell you, okay, well, this is how you say these certain letters or words because that's going to work sometime and it's not going to work other times. When you change your identity, it's completely different. So if you don't have the program, get into it. Follow the whole program. Don't just look for the techniques that give you quick results. Do the modeling. Become your model. Get out there and expose yourself. Speak as your model, and you'll find that the letters and words begin to melt away. All right. New language comes with their sounds. I don't find myself stirring in them. They're new neural pathways. Okay, very good. Do we have to visualize the actual words we're saying when visualizing? Okay. Uh, no, you have to visualize the words you're saying. But you can actually see yourself giving the entire or part of your presentation, or if it's a meeting, you can hear and see yourself um, sharing your update or whatever it is. You don't necessarily have to visualize the words. You can just kind of see yourself speaking, sense you can kind of feel yourself speaking and nodding, seeing the reactions of other people. So when I visualize myself doing so, I don't necessarily go down to the word level, but you can, you can. Okay, so the answer is you don't have to, but you can. All right, how to overcome stuttering thinking when you're doing modeling actual conversation. So you're modeling, 
and all of a sudden you start to anticipate certain words or letters probably what you're talking about we're talking about stuttering thinking we call that the stuttering mindset so the self-talk right and the shifting your focus to how your model would feel how would your model speak right now how would your model act and doing that on a consistent basis not just when you feel like you need to so one of the major issues is people sometimes only model when they get stuck oh I get stuck now I need to try to model or oh you know I don't need the model over here because I'm already relaxed and confident but I do need to model over here now you got to model all the time you just turn it down think of a dial when I'm presenting I turn it up using more hands facial expressions reflecting when I'm speaking in a conversation turn it down but I don't turn it off so you got to model all the time and if Anthony's here he can share that with you right got to model all the time not just some of the times you have to talk to yourself in the moment reminding yourself of certain things when you're in the moment self-talk not just once or twice but the entire time so when you do this then what you'll find is that gradually the anticipation leaves I'm just telling you what my clients tell me that the anticipation starts becoming less and less until they just no longer think about it there's also something that we won't get into today called Vic and Rick this also shifts your focus away from your speech to the audience and to the value that you're giving them that's in the program and you can find when I talk about Vic and Rick inside the um, the course okay all right can you further elaborate on what creative speech looks like so I'm not sure what you mean when you say creative speech, I don't want to kind of go off on a tangent talking about what I think creative. So if you can just um, explain a little more when you say creative speech, what you mean by that. Um, all right. What to do when I'm modeling in a situation, but my mind repeatedly gets stuck on what others are going to say. How can I block that thought? Great question. Uh, one of the affirmations that we have is that I don't really care who's in the audience. I don't really care who they are. I'm, I'm in control and I'm going to take my time and say what I want to say. So if you're saying this affirmation to yourself every day, and then you get out there and you say it to yourself when you're in the meeting, and you focus, this is actually another good example of modeling and Rick and Vic, you focus on the value that you're giving, Am I engaging them? Is this clear? Am I speaking like my model? You're thinking about that. What begins to gradually happen is you stop getting distracted by who's in the audience and you stay focused on what you're actually saying and how you're saying it. So basically when I'm talking to you via video, I could be thinking, oh, what are they thinking of me? I wonder if they're looking to see if I'm getting stuck or anything. If I let myself get distracted by that, then I wouldn't be able to speak. Right? Just like anyone, doesn't matter if stutter or not, if you let yourself get distracted by what you think other people are thinking, then you're not going to speak as well as if you didn't. So the key is to keep your focus on the value that you're giving, on the way that you're giving that value, and on making sure that it's clear. And one of the initial steps to do that is to focus on speaking, on doing this the way your model does. So it's kind of incremental, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. All right, so you have to keep putting yourself out there. What I also find is that people who put themselves in higher and higher pressure speaking situations tend to do better than those who just practice in regular conversations. So even though 
you might not have built into your job presentations, join Toastmasters. After you've taken some time to work on your speech in this program or in another, you work on your speech, and when you get to a certain point, which usually doesn't take more than a couple of months, you go out and get into Toastmasters. And when you find that you're presenting well there, your confidence is exponentially grown, right? And then you're going to find that you're able to handle higher and higher pressure speaking situations, okay? All right. Um, I find myself, can you further level? Okay. I find myself starting a few letters and they seem to change every few months. Is this also related to speak? Yes. Okay, great example of when you're speaking. Uh, Myra, can you go ahead and, and also post, just post the, um, the self-study again. Uh, let's put that up there for a little bit. So you find that sometimes it can change. The words or letters can change. So, it does, I mean, what is that, right? You're saying, well, okay. So if you weren't able to say them, all of a sudden you are able to say them, you can't say something else. That's all your belief, your speaking identity. When your speaking identity changes, then you don't have to struggle with that, right? Will there be times where you get stuck on certain words or letters? Absolutely, everyone does. But at this point, when your speaking identity has changed and your speech has improved, now your speech is an asset. It's no longer a liability, it's an asset. So if you get stuck every now and then, so what? No one cares. Your speech is one of your greatest assets, right? So if there's times right now where it's changing around and stuff, that's your speaking identity. That's your speaking identity. So we have to change that. How do you do it? It's in the program. So you've got to follow the whole program, not just pull out parts. You've got to do it consistently as well. Great question. Um, all right, the next level of mastery on what it looks like to be creative with your speech, as he mentions, higher level. Yes, so I think I understand what you're saying. So this is where, this is actually where the, the Vic and Rick come in, where now you've shifted to a level where you're no longer thinking, like right now I'm not thinking about my speech. I'm not really thinking about how I'm speaking, my style. Okay. I'm thinking about basically Vic, the value. Am I adding value? thinking about, am I holding your attention, right? So I have to make sure that I'm using body language, I'm inflecting my voice, I'm not speaking monotone, right? So I'm kind of on a subconscious level, almost a subconscious level, that's in the back of my mind, just making sure that I'm speaking in a way that can hold your attention as best as possible. Making sure that I'm articulating clearly, I'm making sure that I'm trying to lay this out as clearly in terms of structure as possible. That's when you get to this higher level of speaking where you're no longer thinking about the audience who's in the audience in the sense you're not thinking about uh, are they in a position of authority, are they judging me? You're not thinking of them like that. You're thinking of how can I add value or how can I say something that's relevant? That's that higher level. So then you can be creative in the way that you explain something. You can use props, slides. You can be more dramatic, you can tell stories, and I don't like to do necessarily all of those things, but you might, and that's okay. That's where you can get creative, okay? All right, uh, do I have to practice at home every day and in real speaking situations, or do I have only practice in real life? Yes, Abdul is correct, both. <laughs> you practice at home every day and you need to practice in real life, right? You gotta do both. You just practice by yourself, that's great. It's a great first start, but you got you got to get out there and actually speak to real people in real situations 
to test it, to prove it, right? And you're only going to look for incremental improvements. You've got to keep putting yourself in different speaking situations and practicing in that way, okay? Um, so my God bless you and to your family. Big help for us who's stuttering um, from the Philippines. Yeah, my wife is actually from the Philippines. Um, so thank you. You have the free seven steps program. Consumer speech is the basic program. Same thing. Absolutely not. Seven steps is a small part of the basic program, right? So you have one small part. The basic smooth speech system is an entire system. There's other things include other bonuses included that you don't have. There's the daily routine. So no, it's not the same thing. It's a it's an important part. It's a good part, right? So I gave you guys my best, but it's only a small part of the entire system. Um, so you've got to decide, do you want to invest to get the whole thing? If you don't, then fine. Stick, stick with the free program. Just understand, I mean, I've invested thousands and thousands of thousands, ten, tens of thousands of dollars, maybe hundreds of thousands, I'm not exaggerating, in uh, audio training, some video, but in programs and so forth, got to invest in yourself. So if you're like, oh, I, don't, I don't know if I should, then ask yourself, well, will I spend the same money on something else of a less of lesser value? Sometimes people don't have it, so it's a big spend for them. Is it worth it? Well, you have to answer that yourself, right? Is it worth it? Do I feel like I'm going to get the value from this? I can't answer that. Only you can. Okay, basic course, basic course at Udemy. I've not updated any of the Udemy courses, so anything you see there is several years old. Um, the course that you get there, of course, it's going to have some of the same information, but no, it's not going to be the same as this basic course. This one, I'm constantly updating it with the latest information. So Udemy sells courses for $5 or $6. Great. That's good. That's why it's there, but it's not the same. It's not the same. So there is no basic course like this at Udemy. There's other speaking courses that I've put out there and it has some of the same information in terms of skills, but it's not going to be the same course. So you have to decide again what you want to do, but just know that I'm not going to put my most valuable course there for them to sell at $6, $10. When I sell it for $99 or $199, I'm going to put more value in the courses that I have here. Okay. All right. Yes, it's, it's not updated. We'll look into this. Great. Okay, guys. Uh, thank you so much for being here with me. And we're going to wrap up. So again, once again, sorry about the audio outage. Try to make sure that doesn't access. One, I think it happened to me one other time. But um, again, for those of you who haven't done it, get the basic course. Uh, for those of you that want to take it to the next level and accelerate that process, you'll want to work with me one-on-one. But if you're not familiar with the system, then start with the basic course, okay? We'll see you guys the next time. And thanks.